Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. So when I think about prayer, the first thing that comes to mind is the Lord's Prayer. And I learned that many years ago in the old King James. It starts off, Our Father, Our Father in Heaven. And the first word there is, is our. And for me, that's been um, something of a revelation in recent years, is that he's not just my father, but he's all of our father. Prayer becomes something that's deeply meaningful and very focused because it becomes to our father, what, what am I asking, what am I conversing with him, and what am I talking with him about in relation to all of those people, my family, my friends, and uh, those colleagues at work and, and anyone that I interact with. And so that's been something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about deeply and praying about deeply and guiding my prayers deeply. I was not brought up in a, in a Christian home. Came to know the Lord at 23 years old. However, I was deeply committed to being successful in my career. And in doing that, I spent much of my energy and my effort in building a face, in, uh, in acting in a way that I sought saw that I, I felt that I needed to do to be successful in, in, in my business. And even though at that point I, I was a, a follower of Christ, even in my interactions with other Christians, I still felt like that I was putting on a, on a show, putting on a face, wanting to be perfect like I had everything together. And so my early prayers were often please to God to help me be more real, to help me be more connected. I think I managed to live that life for some 25 years from say 23 almost to 50 years old. When things caught up with me and I realized that whilst I was going to church and I was reading my Bible. I wasn't connected to other believers. And one of the themes that started to come clear to me through scripture was the number of times that scripture talks about one another, to love one another, to pray for one another, to bear one another's burdens. And so some six, seven years ago now, my prayer life changed. And it became more about an understanding of the vertical relationship I have with the Lord and to give him thanks, but also about how he says that he wants us to love one another and do life together. And there was, uh, I'm a little slow, it took some time, but I think that over, over the past few years, I've learned that 
prayer is more powerful when it's in consideration of not just me and, and the Lord, but me and the people that the Lord has placed around me. And being able to pray then in a way that's that's meaningful and and deep and and full of a desire to have his hand work in the lives of those that are in my life and for him to deeply use uh, me in those other people's lives and as we do that life together then I found that my prayer life changed significantly and it was more about thanking him for the work that he's doing in those around me thanking him for the way that he was using others to uh, guide and correct and to help me grow in my uh, in my walk with him prayer to me is not just about me and god it's about me and god and and the others that he's placed in my life It's been so encouraging to hear testimonies from uh, our church members. That was Craig, and we've got another testimony next week. But I love what he had to say. It really sums up what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, in regards to, to prayer, today um, I have the privilege of looking at the second part of Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Last week we talked about the fact, ask and it will be given to you. And today, seek and you will find. Next week, knock and the door will be open to you. But good morning, everybody. Welcome to Generation. Everybody watching online as well. Um, where it is our, our purpose that you be firm in your faith, that you fulfill the call of God in your life and that you finish well. And so we hope to help you in that. We are in this series, 21 Days of Prayer. And if you don't know yet, we've uh, provided opportunities for uh, you to pray with us. So every morning from 7 to 8, uh, Monday through Friday, and then uh, at 8.30 on Saturday, uh, we take the time to just pray. We have a journal that we follow uh, with just kind of the key word, key verse of the day, take time uh, praying together, praying on our own, and it's been really, really, really good. Um, and so I encourage you to do it. Again, this is the last week we have. We'll be ending uh, this Saturday, uh, but come and, come and be a part. Be with us. Uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to have you. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. Last week, Pastor Roger gave us the context of that passage, so I'm not going to give it to you this morning, but I, uh, he noticed also the tension uh, of the promises of God versus the way life sometimes plays out, right? And we looked at the hindrances uh, to, uh, to answered prayer, and I really caught on to this phrase when he said, faith is not a guarantee of everything I ask, but a trust in the all-sufficient God. And my, my takeaway as I, as I left last week was really that idea, like, God, I, I don't want to question you, but I definitely want to ask. I want to ask you. I want to ask uh, for, for things. I want to ask for your will. Well, today we're looking at the word seek. So obviously I have to make a shameless plug for our night of worship, seek. 
Look how that worked out well. Uh, but August 26th, Friday at 7 p.m., you don't want to miss it. Uh, we're going to be doing this, our third edition. We're going to be in the center. The whole band's going to be in the center, and, and, and anybody that wants to come, just come and be a part. You can stand next to a guitarist, stand next to a pianist, or just be on the way top, whatever you want to do. But the only agenda for that night is just for us to seek after God's heart. And we want to actually capture that moment. It's the third edition, so we're actually going to try to record that night, and we'll see what comes out of it. But we're really excited, and we'd love for you guys uh, to be a part of that. So that's Friday, August 26th at 7 p.m. But obviously, I want to talk about the word seek in the context of Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. And as I thought of that word, I just kind of took, took it aside a little bit, and I thought, okay, when I, when I think of this idea of seeking, what, what comes to mind? And, and, I, and I thought of this question. What if I told you, hey, hey, you need to go dig. You need to go dig, right? Well, the, the first thing that you would ask is why? What am I looking for? What am I seeking? To which I would reply, you're looking for buried treasure. Really? I'm listening, right? So if you go, uh, the, the next question then would be, well, well, where do I go, right? Like, okay, I know what I'm, what I'm seeking. Now, where do I go and find that? Well, if you go to mile marker 15 on Pensacola Beach, 10 steps east away from the dock, that's not true. Nobody go. It's not true. I'm just, this for the story, right? But who knows? Maybe it is true. Uh, anyway, uh, so y- you'd be gone, right? As soon as you hear that, you're like, I'm, I'm there. I've got my shovel. I'm going to figure it out. Um, I'm looking for X that marks the spot, right? Buried treasure. That sounds great. And, and while those are really great questions, what am I looking for and, and where do I look for it? There's another important one that uh, you would have forgotten had you left with just those two. And it's that idea, how? How do I dig for this buried treasure, right? There's tools and methods that you need to be successful in your quest. Well, just like seeking for buried treasure, as we look at this verse, seek and you will find, God telling us to seek and we will find, we too must ask those three questions. Seek and you will find. Okay, seek what? What am I looking for? And seek where? Where do I find it? And then lastly, how? How do I find it? So we're going to answer those three questions this morning. The first one then is this, seek what? What are we looking for? Jesus says, seek and you will find. What is the treasure we're looking for? And isn't it true this world offers so many types of treasures? And some of the treasures that are presented to us are real and others are counterfeit. How do we know which ones to go after? What are these treasures that are thrown to us? And, and, and maybe as, you're, as I go through this list, maybe you'll be able to see, am I after those things? Does my life show me pursuing those things above other things? So what are they? Maybe, maybe you're chasing after fame. You know, the accolades and the recognition, that's what really motivates you. Maybe you're chasing after fortune, that, that big house that's, that, that you've been wanting or the latest gadgets. Maybe you're just chasing after entertainment, especially after COVID. You're like, I have learned to just relax and just let life happen, right? Maybe you're chasing after uh, knowledge. It's all about knowing more and more and more and and being intelligent and smart. Maybe it's chasing after strength. Maybe you're going through a, a tough time, so you need that inner strength. Maybe you're chasing after outer strength. Maybe you're chasing for just purpose. You want to know uh, that you're being useful and that you're actually helping people. Maybe you're even here and you're, 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 what you're really pursuing is just answered prayer and you've been praying for a certain person. My point in saying all this is that there are some pursuits that are really good. There are also some pursuits that aren't so good. But here's the, the thing that I want us to look at. Jesus says at one point, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so we need to answer that question, what should have your heart? To which I would reply, 
Seek what, not what. Who? Seek God. If you seek God, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek, seek his kingdom first and all these other things will, will, will be given to you. But the idea is to seek the one who gives the giver, not all these gifts. The, one, the, the, the point is to seek God. And here's kind of the big idea for that first point. Seek God. Why? Because you will find that he is everything you'll ever need. Like if you really come down to it, and a lot of times we don't really know it. Why? Because there's a lot of things being thrown at us. But go to a desert island somewhere where you have nothing but yourself and your thoughts. And trust me, you will be the first one to say, God, do you exist? God, I want to seek you. Like when it comes down to it, that's when we realize, seek God, you will find he truly is everything you need. And the reason I say this and I believe this fully, I actually share this a lot, is because we've been created, we are created as dependent beings. I know that there's a lot of desire to be independent, right, and to to really do things our own way. But listen, we were created to be dependent beings. We exist solely because of his breath in us. So we depend on him. In fact, if you think about it, what, what is sin? If you really look at that passage in Genesis, what is sin? It's when man decided he could do without God. That's where sin began. When he decided, you know what, I can do this on my own. I can see like God. I can, I can be like God. All right. And that's when it all started. And, and when I look at that, really, that's, that, that's, that's a sin of pride. And pride has many faces. And the one that, that I've been thinking about lately is this, this idea of self-sufficiency. The sin of self-sufficiency. Where we don't depend on God. We depend on ourselves. And God is just an afterthought. And I want to encourage you as we look at this theme, seek and you will find that really the only thing that we should find is not a thing, it's a person. And as we seek God, we will find he is everything that we ever needed. And that's why he even, his desire is that we passionately and persistently look for him, the true treasure. In fact, that's why we've been going through, so last week in that journal, we went through the names of God, the compound names of God. Isn't it interesting that all these names, right? We have Jehovah Nisi, our refuge, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, our substitute, Jehovah Ra, our shepherd, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Jehovah Shalom, our peace, Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness, Jehovah Shema, ever present. But isn't it interesting that 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 first name, Jehovah, it means the self-existing one. So it's everything we're not. We need God. We need Jehovah in all these things that he brings to us. In fact, as you look at his name, as, as as you look at him, these names reveal what we actually lost at the fall when man thought it good to be self-sufficient. And it all comes back to that, self-sufficiency. But turn away from self, start seeking after him, and you'll find he is everything you need. So that was an easy question to answer. Seek what, not what, who. The real treasure, and the treasure is him. The treasure we seek is him. All other pursuits pale in comparison. So that was easy. Let's move to the second one, though. All right, so now I know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for him. So where do I find him? Where do I find him? Now, let's use the buried treasure analogy, um, and I'm going to get real deep here for a second. When you find something, you find it somewhere, not somewhere else. Wow. I'm kidding, of course, when I'm saying all this, but here's what I mean. That many times, could it be that many times that we don't find him, 
it's because we're looking in the wrong place. I have a point to all this because I know maybe some of you are thinking, well, wait a minute, I thought God was everywhere. Didn't you say it, Jehovah, Chewbacca, or something like that? No, 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 it's Jehovah Shema, and you're right. God is absolutely ever-present. But look at this, Psalm 139. Absolutely, I agree with you. God is everywhere, right? Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. There's nowhere we can hide from God. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. So I agree with all of that, but then I have one simple question for you. Then why can't you find him? If God is everywhere, why can't you find him? And I was very much intrigued by this quote by author Craig Lonsbro. He says this, there's no space where God is not. Agreed, right? Yet, I can eliminate him from the space, which is me. Man, when I read that, first of all, I realized what power we actually have to destroy our lives. Because when we eliminate him from the space that is us, then then we get into trouble. So there's a lot of danger there. A lot of responsibility, too. But also, as I saw that, it, it really showed me a clue to where we might find God. Again, God is everywhere but maybe he wants to take us to a place where we can actually see him, hear him, feel him, and know what he wants to say to us. And so here's the clue. When you pray, when you pray to God, where are you praying him at? Where do you see him? When I pray to God, sometimes I, I, I see him in the heavens. You know, especially when I'm just worshiping him, I'm I'll even lift my head up and I'm imagining just him in the heavens. I have the, the, the grandeur, the strength, the power, the majesty. You can't, the world can't contain him, right? Other times when I pray, I, I picture him as, as my close friend, helping me through the difficulties of life. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm in the storm and I'm, I'm over, I feel overboard. I feel like the water's coming around and, and, and I feel like, like Jesus just jumping in the water with me, right next to me. But how many, how many times do we take the time to also picture God as being within us? That, that same power that we just imagined in the sky and that same closeness that we imagined as a friend, that he's actually within us. God within. Let's take a moment to consider that. And, and let me just say and preface this, and, and this, this isn't for everybody. It can be. But here's the deal. Not everyone has God dwelling in them. It must be said. Like, yes, God is everywhere, but, but, but the elimination of the space that is us, that happened at sin. Nothing we did. We were born sinners. And so anybody, w- without having accepted Christ, we're like dead men walking. We need to make the next step. And listen, God, you know, he's, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way. He's going to use opportunities to tug at your heart, like he's doing right now, this morning. But here's the deal. If you're here and you've never accepted Jesus in your heart, God is not within you, but he can be. But see, the Bible says in Revelations, Jesus talking, he says, behold, I, I, I knock at the door. 
And if you would just open it, in other words, it's our job to open it. Imagine the, the door, the handle being from the inside, the lock being from the inside. We are the ones that invite him into our hearts. And so it is our responsibility to simply say yes to the invitation uh, of God, but that's how simple it is. God has done everything. Jesus died on the cross, forgave our sins, made it absolutely possible. All we need to do is open the door and invite him in. All right, so I just wanted to make that clear from the beginning, and, and if you haven't yet, guess what? I'm gonna, we're going to give you an opportunity this morning to do that, but, but bear with me as we continue because so not everyone has God dwelling in them, but everyone can, yet even those that have received him, after receiving them, how easy it is for us to just kind of forget that even though everyone has a deep well capable of digging deep into the soul, that most of us live on the surface. What I'm about to share with you is inspired from a, a book that um, I read while uh, I was on vacation with my family and uh, a book that I highly recommend. Uh, it was in a time where I was just needing to just feel refreshed. I was feeling a little stale. I, I wanted to just reconnect just with God. It was all about, God, I'm seeking you. I don't care about anything else. I just want to seek you. And we just hope, ha happened to fall in this book. I want to show you guys the, the cover. It's called uh, um, Resilient by John Eldridge. I highly recommend it. And some of the things I'm going to share with you this morning comes from one of the chapters of that book. At one point, he talks about Three levels of our being. And remember, we're, we're in this second question, seek where? Where am, I, where am I to find God? And it was very interesting how he explains that there's three levels to our being, and you will see it's actually very biblical. These places that we dwell in our mind during the day, right? Now remember, this is about where, where to find God. Most of us live on what he calls the shallows, what the Bible would call the distractions of life. And, and listen, these can be even just random, normal distractions. It's those fleeting thoughts that happen constantly, right? Um, a simple example would be, uh, and you'll know what I'm talking about, let's say you really want to kind of like get close and in, in personal with God, and so you open your Bible and you're reading, and Psalm 139, God, you knit me in my mother's womb, and all of a sudden your mind wa wanders, and you think of birth, and then you think of your mom, and then you think, oh my goodness, it's my mom's birthday, and then you're like, okay, well, where, where do I get a card? Oh, it's by that Chick-fil-A place. Oh man, I love Chick-fil-A. That sauce is so good. And then you're like, where was I? You know what I'm talking about? That happens all the time. Maybe it's happening for you right now. Let me just remind you, Chick-fil-A closed on Sundays. Come back, all right? Come back to me. But the distractions of life, and, and the thing is, is that, yeah, you can be bombarded with distractions, especially with post-COVID, you know, all this entertainment that's now, that we have now like really learned to, to use, right? So there is that, but there's also even the dangers of the distractions of life, the temptations of life. That's where it's all happening, all on the shallows. You know, when I think of shallows, I think of water too, and isn't that where the sharks kind of are? So like there's danger there too. It's not just distraction and, and maybe even like simple fleeting thoughts. It can be also dangerous things and things that kind of take away, tug us away from wanting to know God more. So if you seek God in the shallows, you'll be bombarded with distractions. And maybe, just maybe, that's why you can't hear the voice of God. If, if God is within you, you're, you're up here on level one with all these distractions and God wants to speak to you, but... And, and he is everywhere, yeah, he's, he's there at that level with you, but where he really wants to talk to you is, is if you just go down with him. All right, so I'm trying to be very, I want to bring a lot of imagery to this this morning, so you kind of picture this, these levels, right? So the shallows, the distractions of life, we want to go deeper. 
What's the second level of our, of our being? Uh, John Eldridge calls it the Midlands. The Bible would describe it as the distract, the, not the distractions, the, the cares of this world, the cares of this life. That's a little deeper, right? So we're no longer on the surface. We're, we're, we're trying to get, dig deeper, but now, now we got these thoughts and worries that are being thrown in our face. And these are definitely deeper issues, the worries, the heartaches, sometimes even good things, the dreams that we aspire towards. All these things that occupy our mind throughout the day that half meaning, maybe not so much eternal meaning. These are deeper issues. I'll give you some examples. Maybe the the health of your aging parents. Maybe it's your child's learning struggles. Maybe it's a status of a troubled relationship. Maybe it's uh, your career advancement. Maybe it's some legit financial worries. Maybe, Maybe it's fears about the future. And these are definitely weightier matters And God can meet you there, but still he wants to pull you in even more. He wants to take you deeper. I thought of the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4. I'm not going to read it. You can read it later if you want, but you know the story. The seed that that falls on different levels of the ground, and and I really saw the, the comparison here, the parallel here. The seed that falls on the hard ground, on the surface, what happens? It's stolen. The birds come and eat it. That's the distractions of life. That's the dangers of this, of this world. And that seed is, is gone and done for because we're staying too much on the surface. We need to go deeper. Maybe, maybe then we fall in like rocky places and among the thorns, just like that seed among the thorns. And what Jesus had to say about that was this, very interesting. He says, it's the worries of this life that choke the word. So see, it's those two levels here in parallel with this uh, parable, and it's showing us in, in, where do we want to be? Do we want to be on that ground, or do we want to fall into the ground that's going to multiply, that's going to have fruit? In this world, in this day and age we're in, we want everything right away. And so most of us have forgotten or are unaware that there's a depthness in us. So where do you spend most of your time and thoughts in the shallows constantly distracted are you more of the deeper type of person but really engulfed with worry and kind of maybe negative and so really just in those um midlands submerged by the troubles of life there's no treasure there either but deeper still when he when we learn to go beyond all that in the essence of our existence the dwelling place of god within, and that's where he wants to meet us. John Eldridge calls it the depth. The Bible, all over the place, calls it our innermost being. Our innermost being, the part of us that's learned to be undistracted, the part of us that's learned to be free of worry. And scripture speaks about it all over the place. John chapter seven, verse 38, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. Where? In your inner being. God resides in our inner being and that's where we find the treasure he is. This verse never came more alive to me than than on this trip. Psalm 42 verse 7, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. That's what it is. It, it, it's it's the, the depth of the Spirit of God calling to our depthness somewhere, somewhere beneath the distractions and the worries. And when we do that, 
we get lost in the waterfall that is God. And that's what it means to seek and find him. I imagine that when I seek the treasure, I, I jump in the treasure. I, I get engulfed in it and, and, I, and, I, and I revel in it. Yet most won't pay attention to that. But think about it. We have this depth in us, the, the potential of being inhabited by an all-powerful, all-knowing, everlasting God that he is not just in the heavens, that he would be within us. It's so beautiful. That all the, let's, let's be even more with imagery here, all the wild beauty, all the strength, and all the glory of creation, the, the depth and, and vastness of the ocean, the, the ma- majesty of the mountains, and the, and the power of the storm, all this, that the God who created that lives within us. Come on. Don't you want that? Don't you want, and to know that we actually, because of what Jesus did for us, we can tap into that, into him, and yet most won't pay attention to the deeper life and may never really learn to get that. Madame Gaillot, a French Catholic author, said this on the subject. She said, since God is more present deep within you, he must be sought within and enjoyed there. And that's my hope for all of us, that we would desire that. Desire just to go a little deeper this morning, this week, for the rest of our lives. So let's learn to seek him beyond the distractions, beyond the worries and difficulties of life within. So we've answered the simple question, seek what, not what, who, seek God. We answered the question where, that, that, that God is everywhere, but there's different Levels and where really God wants to meet us is in our innermost being, in the secret place. So now the natural third question as we look for this treasure is where is how? Seek how. How do I do that? Using the imagery, how do I descend from level one distractions to level two worries? And it's a little deeper, but it's still overcome by worries. And two, that place where God wants to meet us free of all that. How do I do that? How do we descend with the mind into the heart. Three things I want to share with you, things that I've been putting in practice and I've really seen the fruit of it in my life. Um, So I'm excited to share with you because I I hope it can help you like it's been helping me in this desire just to seek after him. First thing is give him your full attention. Now remember to use that imagery again, right? So there's distractions all over here on the surface, right? Right? Like, get, learn to give him your full attention. Do that even now. If there's ever a time to lean in, it's right now. Like, give him your full attention. Why? Because the battle for your soul is always for your attention. That's where it starts. Grabbing your attention anywhere it can. We need to learn to tune out the world and tune into his frequency where he can speak. And that's important because a statistic uh, showed that 99% of the time, really, our lives, our thoughts, our minds are spent in the shallows and the midlands. And so because of that, we need to learn to be intentional. And you've heard us say this before when we talk about the disciplines of the Christian life, but that's, that's what we mean. Like, I hope this gives more meat to it, is that we need to be intentional, setting a time and a place where we are free of distractions. That's why I, I pers- do what works for you, but I personally like the first thing in the morning uh, routine because you know it's before I've had the chance to see any media or see any people. 
So that helps me kind of have no distractions and no worries quite yet. Um, we actually did this on our, so we're doing this. I, I love that we're doing this during the 21 days of prayer, kind of encouraging our church to do it together. That's good. Um, but we were, we were gone uh, for, for a few weeks. And so my family and I, we, uh, we did that as well. We did it on our own as we did this road trip. We went on a road trip for 13 days. We did 6,400 miles in 13 days. So there's a lot of driving and a lot of audiobook listening. That's why that book was so, so good. Um, but every morning, uh, my, my wife was really good. We were you know, tired, obviously. She was always awake at four in the morning, getting everything ready in the hotel or the Airbnb so that we were out of the door by 5 a.m. every time. We always had the opportunity to see the sunrise. It was great. But it was also great because it was still very quiet. So the kids were not that rambunctious. And so we took the opportunity every time. And I'd been following this, uh, this devotional for a few months now. I'll, I'll give it to you. There's a lot of other good ones, too. This is an app called uh, First 15. I liked it, especially as I was, I was driving, because uh, his voice is very soothing. And so it really helped me kind of meditate and kind of go along with what we're talking about. Like, um, it's, it's listening to the kind of the thought of the day, the verse of the day. But then he goes through, like, a guided prayer, which was really uh, encouraging and helpful. But after that 10 to 15 minute moment, we, I just, we just put on some worship music, soft worship music, and just start our day that way. Just uh, giving, I'm going to give you some, some tools. We put these tools in practice, and it was so beneficial. But, but finding God, so this is the first tool, the first thing that, that we would do. It, it starts with loving him. Now, when I talk about love, it's really, it can be very easy to kind of like misunderstand what love we're talking about. There's different uh, definitions of love, right? There's the the, the human definition of love, eros, which is more like a passionate love. There's the human definition of of, uh, brotherly love, which is phileo. And then there's this word that was actually invented to describe what divine love is, and that's the word agape. And so whenever we talk about the love of God, we're talking about the agape love of God. And really, that love is only understood when we receive it. And so in that moment, when you're wanting to say, I love you, God, is thinking about him. It's thinking about what he's done. It's thinking about who he is. And as you are thinking about that, then your response is, I love you, God. And you're, and you're just taking a moment You're breathing it in. You're breathing in his goodness, his faithfulness. And you just start off. You give him your full attention simply by responding to his love, saying, I love you, God. And and I'm I'm giving you like formulas just to make it simple, but you can use your own words. But even just that formula with weight behind it, say, God, I love you. And, And understand what you're saying and you're responding to his love. I love you, God. And as you settle in and you linger and you wait, Hopefully, now you've given him your full attention. You're now descending in level two where there's going to be some worries that are going to come and difficulties and, and, and things that are going to weigh you down. And so as you approach level two, here's a really good thing to say. It's, God, I give you everyone and everything. Try it. It's what I've been trying for the last few weeks. God, I love you. And I just think about that. And I get my attention fully on him. And I, as I descend, God, I give you everyone and everything. And you can get specific, anything weighing you down, anything that's really got uh, your attention, got your mind. And you know, this is biblical. The Bible says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. It's a moment to release it all. Now, what's really good to know is that you're not releasing forever, right? Because that's a lot of weight on you, right? But, but just even just for a few moments, as you descend and as you want to just hear from God, God, in this moment right now, I give you everyone and everything. I take it all and lay it at your feet. 
And the reason this is so important is because our finite soul was never meant to carry the weight of this world. And how many times we do. How many times we try to figure things out on our own. We forget we're still self-sufficient. We forget to just rely on God all the time. Bring it to him. And it's so easy for us to forget that. We fall into the trap of self-sufficiency. Only the infinite God can carry the weight of the world. And so just to say that, in fact, it's even on your outline right now, because maybe as I'm speaking, something or a situation or an action or a person or an attitude, something is there that's been bothering you. Just to, you'll see it says, I release. Just write that down. What are you releasing right now in God's presence? God, I give you everyone and everything. And maybe, maybe after, you, after you do that for a few moments, you might find that it's still on your mind, it's still bothering you, then you know what, just go back. Pause. Think of God, his attributes. Tell him how much you love him. And then come back. God, I give you everyone and everything. I'm just wanting to be very practical with you. I'm just sharing with you what I've been learning. But it's so helpful. And what you're doing, you're doing that, is you're showing cooperation with God. Now this, this practice, it takes practice, but in time it does get easier. At first it might be just you just shutting everything and getting into your, your closet in the dark. And then eventually, you know, as that relationship is deepening, you can just even do that as you're driving and just in your spirit be communing with God in that way. But this is possible. This is possible to do. And once again, it's not about letting go forever, but here's the cool thing. What I believe is when you do choose to say, God, I give you everyone and everything, and you do kind of go through that process, and you do go deeper with God, I believe that you leave with no longer your physical strength, but, you, but spiritual strength. You come out of that place with his strength, his wisdom, his mind, because you've surrendered. And maybe, yeah, you'll have to face those same things, so it's still there, but now you've got the mind of Christ. So give him your full attention, release everyone and everything, and lastly, just as a reminder to your soul that you are not self-sufficient, that you need to go to the self-existing one, you ask the Holy Spirit for help. Holy Spirit, help me as I go deeper. Help me, I want to meet you there. I want to talk to you, I want to receive from you. Just a couple of verses to encourage you in that way, that it's nothing I do, but it's only the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except his own spirit within him? So too, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Or Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So God, I love you. God, I give you everyone and everything. Holy Spirit, help me. Go deep. Giving Jesus our full attention is probably something new to many. Something that uh, is maybe something that you don't even know how to do with anybody or anything else. Giving someone their full attention. Uh, we hardly do that these days. Again, that's why these 21 days of prayer have been here, just to help you, to get an opportunity to linger, um, because sometimes on our own, it's hard to just start something. But what it, however you do it, I encourage you to do it. And, and just so you know this, um, because you're doing that, God uh, having your undivided attention, guess what? The enemy does not like that. 
And he's going to try to distract you. And he's going to throw thoughts of unworthiness. And if you miss a day or whatever, there will be thoughts of accusations. You will feel attacks. And so can I just encourage you, if you want to go through that process, be kind and patient with yourself. Because he is kind and patient with you. So the treasure we seek, not what, who, God. Where do we seek? Beyond the distractions, beyond the difficulties, in the deep. How do we seek? We love on him. We let go of everything. And we ask for his help. I think the next question that comes to mind as the band comes up is, okay, when? When? What, where, how, when? Where do I start? And what if I'm stale? And what if I've never started? All these thoughts. Just three words for us. Follow the longing. Follow the longing. Let's just be honest with, with ourselves right now, just for a minute, as we look deep into our hearts. Are you really satisfied in the shallows, if that's where you spend most of your time, constantly distracted after the pleasures of life? Are you really satisfied there? Do you think that life is just a series of troubles and that's, that's your portion of life? Or deep down, are you thinking, man, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. If that's the cry of your heart, then that's the longing. Follow the longing. Psalm 42, the psalmist says this, verse one, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs after you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear in God's presence? When? How about now? Let's take time now. How about tomorrow morning? How about for the rest of our lives? Psalm 63, listen to the longing again. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. So maybe you're here this morning and that longing is budding maybe even for the first time, or maybe it's just like rekindling. But I, I mean, man, you're, you're listening and there's a stirring in your heart. Like the time is now. The window of opportunity is here. And, and, and like I said, maybe this is the first time you're feeling this. I, I want to put you at ease. You may not know or understand much. That's okay. As long as you just know this, man, I want God in my life. I want this God within I want, I want this love that's been talked about and this patience that's been talked about and this power that's been talked about and this presence that's been talked about. Yeah, I thirst for that. I want that. I, I want to meet God. Man, if he truly exists, yes, I want to see him. I want to know him. And I want to say you can. It was made possible by the sacrifice of Jesus. We talked about it. But listen, it's so important that you understand that saved, not just saved. God will live in your heart, will live within you, but he has to be there as king. He has to be there as king. He is your savior and your Lord. 
You need to take self off the throne. So if this is the, the, the step that you want to take this morning, you need to take self off the throne. What that means is just surrender. Surrender to God, your life. And maybe you're feeling that right now in your heart. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Just, I'm just going to pray something simple, and I'm going to take my time. Just repeat in your heart something like, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I need you. I am incomplete without you. I open my heart and I ask you to come and dwell in me. Listen, if you said that prayer, simple prayer of faith, if you said that prayer, we would love to know. We've got our prayer teams um, after the service. Just, just come because we want to help you on your journey. There's more things we'd like to share with you. What you did was the most important thing you, you did, but, but there's so much more we'd like to share with you. And so if you're here and you did that for the first time, man, that's, that's a miracle that's happened in your heart. God coming to dwell within you, incredible. And we want to rejoice with you. But maybe for those that are here, you've been on this journey for a while, and you might admit, like I admitted a few weeks back, man, I'm just stale. Like, like there's a longing, there's a thirst, but I just don't know how. And I hope it's helped you this morning. Leave the madness of the shallows, the distractions. Leave the heartaches of the Midlands, the difficulties. And seek God in the depth of your soul. And you will find, man, what will you find? You'll find God's goodness. You'll find that he is everything you'll ever need. You'll find his patience, his peace, his love. You'll find a God who wants to meet you where you are, but also bring you to where you need to be. That's the journey that God has for you. Follow the longing. So if you wouldn't mind, let's all stand up. And I want to end with prayer. And I want us to just take us through that moment. Everyone here, individually, just praying. This is in a, we're in a series of prayer anyway. Let's take that moment. Let's not rush things. Uh, we got lunch. It'll, it'll happen. We got growth track. It'll happen. But just right now, let's just let's, let's leave all distractions. How do we do that? We focus on God. Just focus on God with me right now. What you know about him. I can tell you he is good. He is wonderful. He is strong. He is wise. God, you are our king, our Lord, our savior. God, as I think about you, I respond with I respond to your love with love. God, I love you. I love you. My heart is yours. I belong to you. I love you, God. Right now, I don't care about anything but you. I love you, God. God, I give you everyone and everything. Anything weighing me down right now, I give it to you. I give it to you in this moment. Thank you for carrying my worries. I cast all my cares upon you because you care for me. I give you everyone and everything.
God, I'm nothing without you, and I'm fine with that. Holy Spirit, help. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to just be in your presence. Let's just stay there for a moment. love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, Lord. And God, as I seek you, pull me in. Pull me in deeper. Pull me in closer. God, as I seek you, may I find you and hear what you want to say. God, each encounter unique. Guys, this is just a taste, but each encounter is unique. Who knows what you'll come back to out of all of that. One day you'll come back with strength for the journey. Maybe one day what God has for you is just a a deep feeling of his love. Maybe all you'll have when you come back after another day being with him, another morning being with him is just, just feeling that communion and that peace within you. Maybe at another time, He gives what you need. Maybe you'll need a clear revelation of what you need to do that day. Whatever it may be, that our attitude be, God, Holy Spirit, guide me, help me, lead me. I'm just here. I want to hear from you. You decide. I'm just along for the ride, God. Lead me, and I will follow. God, I pray that this would be something that is stirring in our hearts, not just for today, but that it would just accompany us all the days of our life, God, that we may dwell in your house as you dwell in us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.